Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Jack Whiteside. I love my black current. Gabe is Roy Arroyo. I don't even know what a spoiler is. Is that one of those uh, those car thingamabobs? And Matt as Rocky Arroyo. Oh, do show some restraint, Roy. The last thing I want to do is see you skinny dipping. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, all, all of our uh, Patreon members and uh, Discord members have already shipped you guys, so brothers or not. That's enough. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Pretty good, because I'm pretty and I'm good. Let's take a moment to read some letters from beyond. On Twitter, at Mr. Beardsley reports, starting off the latest episode of At Lovecraft Tapes, and he starts off thanking the players and everyone. My first thought is, oh, that's sweet. My immediate second thought is, oh, God, please don't kill them all this episode. <laughs> Never know with COC. Yeah. The Orange County. We're all going to die, guys. It was nice knowing you. I've died three times. I'm good. And at Justin Levesque suggests, I think it's time at Lovecraft Tapes and the team seek out the Mothman, who's up for a road trip. Yeah. We're going to West Virginia. Mountain Mama. We can go for Sheep Squatch while we're there as well. On Facebook. Jeffrey Young enthuses. Hey guys, I had just binged through all of your podcasts in the past week. It made me want to play Call of Cthulhu so bad. You guys did a great job. Thanks for all the jokes and taco fish. Mm-mm-mm. Speaking of Facebook, we did get a lot of reaction for episode 74's title, Double Fisting, including Nomen Neskio, who suggested, Next episode, Roy Does Dallas. I knew it. I, I like Houston better. <laughs> Roy does Houston. Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, she's dead. Too, <laughs> Too soon. soon. Too soon. Tomorrow, then. <laughs> and finally on Facebook, Matthew Verrett complains regarding episode 72. I'm a longtime fan and really appreciate all the time and effort you guys put into the show. Unfortunately... I have two problems with your latest episode. I was very disappointed with your sponsor's commercial. It was disgusting and inappropriate. I cannot believe you would allow that on your show. Shame on all of you. My second problem is that there was no contact information for the product in the commercial. Where can I buy it? They had me going for the first half there, not going to lie. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. That was funny. I don't get it. That was a uh, edible undies commercial. Mm. In case you didn't remember that. Just send me a message and I'll send you a pair. They'll be used, <laughs> but heavily used. Their bites taken out of them. <laughs> Just only in the crotchal region. On Discord, at Bifford asks, Roy keeps saying everyone he loves is dead, so he doesn't love his wife, his hundreds of kids, himself. I definitely don't love myself, and the other people are just like, they're fine. There you go, Bifford. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Don't call me a whore. On Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes, Ravens in the Attic commented on episode 70, I'm glad all the important parts of the show made it off the island. If the shredders, printers, whatever hadn't made it, that would have been a loss to the world. Also, who doesn't love children putting in eldritch horrors in a podcast? People who have to face them. <laughs> I never face a shredder. <laughs> Finally... A special thank you to our latest Patreon supporters, including Manda Mikola, Jeffrey Young, Alexander Campbell, Jeremy Griffith, and Zachary Harley, from whom you will hear much more shortly. Plus, welcome back, Malambra57. Mambo57? <laughs> I prefer Mambo number five. I definitely don't. I don't either. I like Monica, though. Before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. 
And now, a word from our sponsor. Hail, citizen! I'm Captain Magic, and I'm here today to solve your most prevalent potty pants problem. That's right. How many times have you been out and about just doing your field research when a horrible creature from another worldly plane pops up and plays the brown note? Day ruined. Self-esteem ruined. Pants ruined. Your relationship with your mother who loses all respect for you because this happens on a semi-regular occasion but she shouldn't be mad at you because the doctor said it wasn't my fault, Mom. Uh, I, um, I mean, uh, relationships ruined. Not anymore, I say, with the miracle of Captain Magic's brown pants, 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 pants. Just put on these potty-ready pantaloons and feel free to express yourself and your bowels whenever you want. I mean, just look at all this technology in these trousers. One, they're brown. That's right, no more unsightly shit stains. How? Well, shit's brown, pants are brown. Duh. Two, fresh booty breath. The backside of our britches contains sewn-in patented puff puff pads, which will make your butt smell fresh as daisies, no matter what junk you may have in your trunk. Wow. Three, quick wick power pull pulls the nasties away from your bum to keep you high and dry. Four, you don't need any more reasons to buy one, two, seven, ten pairs of my pants. Call us today. And we're back. We are? Back again. Yeah, now we're back, so you should go tell a friend. Something witty. I've heard through the grapevine that if you buy that product and or service, then bury it in your front yard, you'll sell your house the very next day, even if you haven't listed it yet. <laughs> I like the way that he always scripts stuff because he knows we're not good enough at improv. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean if I don't like the guy next door and I bury it in his yard, it'll sell his house? If you don't like the guy next door, then you take him and you bury him in your front yard. Oh, okay. You got this all wrong, Matt. That might explain why the cops are out there right now. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 8, Trist. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. After the firefight in the Albatross Bar, each of the investigators experiences lucid night terrors, hosted by helpful hauntings who provide further clues to their gruesome murders on Tristan Dacuna. Strong coffee is brewed the morning after, and over steaming mugs, the embattled group decides it might be time to explore a certain crumbling church further. They find more than expected, however, as the insidious evidence gathers to form a chilling proposition, while the townsfolk stare forlornly out at the mounting waves, and the inactive volcano grumbles unexpectedly from deep underground, like a giant on the verge of awakening from a long, deep sleep. It is currently early morning, and the investigators most certainly wish they were still swaddled in their cozy blankets, wide-eyed but warm, like little children fearing the cold floor on their bare feet or the drooling monster beneath their beds. Jack, you are standing in a cave hidden deep beneath the old crumbling church at the bottom of a spiral staircase. 
A pool of water has collected in the center, and from below the surface it glows with a supernatural azure light. The syncopated drip, drip, drip of moisture from the jagged ceiling into the azure-lit pool seems somehow familiar? Like a dark, tentacled shadow rising from the deep, you feel a nebulous memory trying to claw its way back into your consciousness. Jack, I'm going to need you to make... A Cthulhu Mythos roll. Oh, happy birthday. I needed a five, which is easy to get. And I got a 77, which is a success. Fail. It's a fail. Just leave. So, Jack, you're standing there looking in the pool, and you feel this memory start to rise. And instinctively, you press it down. You do not want to remember what's coming or what may have happened. Tuck that thing back in, man. Sorry. Zip. I felt it rise. Rocky, you are standing at the edge of a pool hidden in the cavern far below St. Mary's Church, gazing into the water and sensing a tinge of that vertigo-inducing deja vu you felt while playing with the children yesterday. The surface of the pool is shimmering and shifting slightly as if there is some underground current. Without closer examination, you're not quite sure what might be generating the sapphire illumination at the bottom of the water. I'm trying to find roll for underwater illumination, but it's just not showing up. I'm going to pick up like a small pebble just off the floor of the cavern and kind of walk up to the edge of the pool and I'm just going to kind of lob it towards the center. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please? I needed a 60 and I rolled a 50. That is a successful spot hidden. And you're now in combat. <laughs> <laughs> so you toss this pebble uh, directly into the center of the pool. It's like we said before, the cave itself is about 40 by 40. And the pool takes up the center, so you can think about 20 feet across. And so you just lob it about 10 feet into the center and watch it drift down. You're squinting against the illumination and you watch this pebble just slowly sort of twirl and float in the eddies and currents, but it more or less stays in the center. It probably sinks easily 60 feet before you lose sight of it. And then it just sort of like becomes so bright and is absorbed. You just can't see the shape anymore. Well, whatever caused this hole made a very deep one at that. I'd say it's more than 60 feet. Also, there's something in there that's causing some sort of series of cross currents under the water. And why don't you give me a intelligence roll? Two for two. I needed a 60. I rolled a 21. That's a hard success. There are two things that... Uh, snap into focus for you as you watch this pebble sink to, well, not really a bottom. You don't detect any sort of salt tinge to the air, so this must be probably a freshwater pool. And you know from your education and experiences that many times when there is a, a bit of phosphorescence in an underground cavern, it's usually due to a lichen. Oh God, werewolves, right? <laughs> werewolves. But you won't be totally sure until you examine closer. Roy. You are standing in the cavern at the bottom of the spiral staircase you discovered beneath the trapdoor hidden under Reverend Lee Summer's bed. There is an unholy ruby-red light being cast from the pool in the center, which makes the jagged walls seem as if they are bleeding. To the right, however, you notice what appears to be etchings on one particularly smooth section. A closer look will tell for sure, but they seem to be symbols drawn in a familiar black rock scrawl. They're probably just Bertie Higgins' lyrics. 
I'll uh, further inspect that. What's that language? You just walk over to get a closer look. Oh my god, whoever scrawled these used Microsoft Paint. Don't diss MS Paint, dude. Roy, why don't you describe for the audience, the listening audience, what this looks like. Okay, so like I've been saying this whole time, it's definitely a deep one, but like super fat. So you got waves above the head, clearly. And it looks like it's got like three D's where eyes might be. And the whole thing is like a thing blob. No, like a the blob a blob. And it's got like, I I see two places where mouths could be. It probably isn't a a person. It's like a gelatinous blob over under what is obviously waves. It's probably what all of the people were looking at. But we, I know, I mean, we wouldn't know that because I wanted to go there first. But that would take too long. You got, it's Meatball from Hunger Force. Come on. It's Super Meat Boy if he was a if he was around un- underwater just to confirm suspicions i'm gonna bend down to the edge of the pool kind of dip a couple of my fingers in and then taste the water pervert it is absolutely fresh water it tastes very fresh like almost filtered pure he's holding out on us the the islanders were wrong about one thing this entire pool is a gigantic source of fresh water it's not salty everybody knows if you dig down deep enough you'll find fresh water you guys hear uh, rocky postulating to himself near the uh, edge of the water, talking to nobody in particular. What'd you find, Rocky? Well, from my observations, not only is this a large pool of fresh water, it's also quite deep. I threw a small rock in to kind of gauge things, and I'm pretty sure I lost sight of it about 60 feet down. That's strange. And if I had to take some sort of educated guess, I'd say the blue glow we're seeing is from some sort of phosphorescent lichen. of some A werewolf? Sort of I'm seeing a red glow here. Roy, what'd you say? I said I see a red glow. Is it red to you, Jack, or was it just him? It's blue. My thing was red, not your thing. Zip. You need to get that checked out now. I feel like blue is a worse color than red for that. What do you see, Roy? Oh, on your thing? I mean, it's clearly just water. It's whatever. But my thing over here, that's the real interesting, and I'll direct them towards the my thing. This is the real interesting thing. Do we see it? Uh, yes, there appears to be something that he's indicating on the wall. Okay. So I guess we'll both head over that way and see what he's looking at. It almost looks like uh, like the, the part in the middle is, is like the small pool right in front of us. But I can't make out what the other symbols are. What do you think? It's quite odd. I mean, they do look like the letter D, almost. And it stands for died. Stands for Dan. It's been here for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> The prophecy is coming true. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, what, I wonder what the water above represents. Like maybe the water, fresh water is coming down from the on top of the volcano down to here. Unless maybe this is some sort of side view and that's supposed to be a representation of like the top of the pool we're looking at. Maybe it's some sort of attempt to illustrate what's underneath. That's what I was thinking. I go over to the pool and look down in to see if I can see the D. And I'll push him in. <laughs> Uh, no, it appears to be just... Straight down. Yeah, yeah, more or less like you can see the um, sides of the pool sort of slope in gently and then sort of disappear into the white light after 15, 20 feet. Okay. It's pretty clear water. Declan, bring forth the miniature submarine. I wish to go under. <laughs> I, uh, I call Rocky over. <laughs> Rocky, have, have you ever seen anything like this with your teleportation and portal shit? 
Nothing like this, no. But I can't help but feeling we're caught in the middle of something quite larger than ourselves between this discovery down here and the strange behavior either both up on the mountains and of the residents out by the water. Yeah, I don't know. that The symbol of the D in the center of the circle, if this was the pond, and then it shows three different locations where maybe that could come out. D means dead. That's your opinion, Roy. Okay. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just reaching. Nope, I don't nope, know. nope. Stop having a stroke, uh, dude. <laughs> Declan, um, do we do we by chance have um a, a a map of the island that we're, we're on currently? I said. Uh, do you do you mind? I um I need it for a second. Yep, and he hands it over to you. So if we were to open up the the map of the location we're in and compare it to the drawing on the wall, each of those D's would more or less line up with where one of the bodies was found, wouldn't it not? That is correct. That's absolutely true. So this D at the top is that the volcano? Is that the top of the volcano? The final body? Possibly. We need to get to the top of the volcano. Tally forth! Roy, we gotta get out of here. We gotta get to the top of the volcano. I guess we're just gonna keep ignoring that everybody's flipping out down by the seashore, sitting on the dock of the bay, freaking out. All right, Roy, you go check those people up. <laughs> All right, I will. I was gonna say, does the final deal look like it might be us? So, Rocky, you're able to easily surmise once you match up the map. Clearly, the uh, waves at the very top are the shoreline mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the d the first d here is the pier this d here is can you guess the cemetery yep and then it's the last one's the museum that's the thatched house museum correct so it's not a face <laughs> by your estimate and with that beautiful intelligence role rocky that final d that jack is so interested in towards the bottom would probably approximate where the volcano is yeah Oh, good grief. Jack, you're right. We need to get to the top of that volcano as quickly as possible. All right, let's get moving. Double time. I go back up the spiral staircase thing as quickly as I can, but as safely as I can. Roy's swimming in the pool. Come in, it's awesome. Realistically, (laughs) I won't be fast enough. If I swim through the pool, do you think it'll lead to the volcano? I just got to hold my breath for a while. (laughs) For a while? (laughs) Forever. Where's my miniature submarine, Declan? It's in my pocket, sir. It's called a snorkel, guys. They're pretty common. Oh, uh, snorkel, guys. Hi, that's the name of my new YouTube channel. How'd you find that out? We're heading up, and we're going to pop out of the church. We're going to go to the top of the volcano. We're there. So uh, Jack leaps up the uh, spiral staircase, heading as quickly as he can, Ooh, uh. but being careful at the same time, because, you know. I don't want to sprain my ankle. Stub my toe. Superpowers first, safety second. I lied. I gotta stay true to my character here. I can't be fast. He can be furious, though. Of course I'm fur- I'm too- I'm too furious, but not too fast. He's no fast, too furious. It's Tokyo safe turns. <laughs> so you're- you're back, uh, upstairs in the Reverend's bedroom. Nice. <laughs> As I get up, I, uh, I wave to Rocky silently to go past me, and I set the bedpan right on the edge of the stairs. <laughs> you don't even know about the bedpan. Oh, I smelt it. Because he does. This is broken immersion. You ruined the whole, the whole, <laughs> cancel the podcast. And then I slowly kick it down the stairs. <laughs> 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 
Welcome to the Splash Zone. I start heading out of the room towards the front of the church to leave. And so the three of you, actually the four of you, uh, Declan will join you now. No mini boss? Yeah, this guy who with 65 machine guns for hands <laughs> shows up. I am Reverend Lee Wolfenstein. <laughs> oh, God. Again, there is nobody in the church. It appears to be as abandoned as you, when you first came in. And out to the front stoop. I need everyone to make a listen roll, please. What? I needed a 25 and I rolled a 49. That's a failure. I needed a 28. I got a 51. That's a failure. I needed a 65. I rolled a 28, which is a hard nerd. Suck. Sess. The three of you come out, and of course Jack is in the lead because he's the first one out the uh, door. And as the other two come up behind him, he casts his gaze out to the horizon, and Declan follows his gaze because Jack is clearly wrapped with curiosity to the north. You can still see the horizon, but it appears to be like there's a dark line just above it. It's the wall, people. The earth is flat. <laughs> I knew it. It's called sea level, not sea curve, idiots. <laughs> Declan leans into you, Jack, and says, uh, I said, do, do you see that as well? And I don't say anything. I just slowly reach and hold his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he yanks it back and looks nervously back at Rocky. I see it. What do you make of it, sir? I don't know. But if we have a chance of stopping whatever this is, we got to go now. Are, are, are those people out there? Standing at the edge? I don't know if those are people or not. Take, take another look, sir. And you, you look towards the uh, north, and you can see that, you know, the, all of the townsfolk are still standing in, like, a line. Like, hands across America line? Pretty much, yeah. And you see that the dark line above the horizon is growing taller rapidly. Declan. I said. Is that a tidal wave? Oh, saints preserve us i think you may be right we gotta go now everybody let's go all right there's no need to panic yet we're in the process of going jack so i'm gonna head out of the church with him and look around are there any like um cars or any kind of thing in the immediate vicinity that we could use for a little bit of speedier travel no damn are there even cars on the island yeah because we got picked up that's one communal car that they all share there are a couple here and there, but they're mostly out for the farms. So we're in Cuba. Pretty much, yeah. So we need to go behind us and up. Yes, and as you know from previous episodes and discussions, that the way to the volcano is through the lava fields to the east, and it is treacherous. You've heard so far other people tell you that it is about a day's journey to the volcano, and you're going to need gear. Well, if we're going to ascend to the top of a mountain, we might want to first gear up, as they say. From what I've heard, it's going to be quite the journey. The more you carry, the slower you go. I mean, as long as I don't go over my carry weight and I become over-encumbered. Still not a video game. We gotta get to the general store and get some stuff as soon as possible. Agreed. We're going to need whatever advantages we can get. They're only going to have pretty general useless crap. Is there a Target around here? No, just a Walmart. Yes, the general store is called Jeff's Target. <laughs> <laughs> How far is Jeff's Target from me? Uh, like I said, it's just a couple buildings away from the Albatross Bar. Then we'll go. Next scene. We run to the store, and then we break in, because nobody's here. They're all at the shore. Whoa, 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 mister, mister, I'm always squeaking. I'm not clean. even going to wait. I'm just going to take action. So I'm going to, I'm going to, if the door's not unlocked, I'm going to bust it open. It's unlocked. 
Everybody, grab what you need. Necessary stuff only. We gotta hurry. I think that's a tidal wave coming. Uh, you insist. Um... I'll start grabbing some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of snacks do you grab? Hold on, I gotta think of unsponsored things. Uh, Bruegels. The cookies, chips, arg. Moritos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh there's that, that chip, Doro Frito. Alright, I'm gonna grab rope, a backpack to put everything in, some uh, flares. I'm getting some flares for the dramatic. Um, I'm going to look around for, like, face masks or anything like that, uh, whether it's just the little cheap disposable ones or... Like to protect your breathing or to pre- or hide your face? To, to protect my breathing going up to a volcano, yeah. I'll grab a Lakeland 500 fire suit that they have. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's Googling. Uh, no, you, you easily find some of those, uh, like, cheapo... Like you would use for painting or something? Yeah, you find you find a pack of, like, three or four in there. All right, I throw that in the backpack. Um, glow sticks. If I can find glow sticks, I'll grab those. You find flares and glow sticks, no issue? Yeah, I'll throw a couple power bars and some water. Uh, we need to check for MREs. Oh, yeah, there we go. I agree. I'd say MREs, no problem. I get a surfboard for when we get murdered by the tidal wave. <laughs> He's on the lava flow. Woo! That's not how that works. <laughs> well, you, you know how this works, Roy. Go ahead and give me a luck roll. Oh, you bet. oh snap. Come on, come on, come on, surfboard. Oh, oh, I'll spend no the luck. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like there was a spot for one, but it just says uh, uh, out of stock. <laughs> you realize if we had a bucket, I could fill that lava and dump and just wreak <laughs> havoc all over the island. Minecraft taught me anything. It's that a lava source block can do a lot of damage. Hey, don't forget food. Food and water. I started with food, Jack. You know me. Hey, I'm just reminding you. Uh, you don't have to yell. You're yelling at me. I'm just trying I'm to... I'm sorry. Look. Hey, I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. Take a super I'm a little, cola. I'm a little stressed. I'm sorry. Oh, thanks. Can I have that uh, zero super cola? No, it's super cola I'm one. My weight. <laughs> There's one calorie. So while Jack's grabbing survival equipment and... Roy is going for food and snacks. I'm going to take care of um, hydration. So I'm going to be looking for canteens. Uh, if I can find like, you know, uh, water purification, either like those tablets that you drop in that makes water safe to drink so we can get it from out there. I'd say that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- iodine tablets? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. The thing where you can pee in and then drink your pee? Well, you can do that anyway. Well, where do you think we're going to get the water on this volcano? We're we're bringing bottled water with us. I, I threw a bunch of bottled water in. You're wasting so much space in your front pocket with that, like, one <laughs> millimeter tablet. Yeah, Brian, you have a slot for each of your hands. You know, as soon as you put something there, it's filled take, up. Take a flashlight in my gun. Hold still, I'm patching you up. You're going to have to get rid of some bowls, man. So I fill my pack up with all the goodies, and I want to make sure I find a decent hatchet to take with me. Yeah, no problem. You find a hatchet. Cool. He's going for the hatchet. I want a machete. Give me a luck roll. I needed a 64, and I rolled an 8. He found a crate of them. Turns out they had a whole crate of machetes in the back room, guys. You did, actually. Yeah, you found, uh, there are six of them. So I get two Uh, machetes. I don't know if anyone else wants one, but I found a load of machetes in the back. He gets duct tape and tapes four of them together in the shape (laughs) of a star. I want the Darth Maul (laughs) machete. Crawl. Well, then now I need to find something cool. I'm going to look for a hand crossbow. You're going to need an extreme on that. Okay. I did not do it. I needed a 22. I rolled a 47. That fails. So I drop one of the machetes on my foot. You die. Yeah. So no crossbows. There doesn't seem to be a huge need for that here. 
I'm just going to hand him one of the machetes, and I'm also going to hand one to Declan. Cool. I'm going to feed my belt through the loop of the machete and have it on my side. That's going to make it really easy to pull out quickly. we got to have montage music over that, though. Hearts on us, fire. Us loading up. Yeah. Like 80s montage music. Pouring for... in all my dour You're bars. you got to be the best to be the best. <laughs> exactly. you got to take it to the top. Of the mountain. We are going up a mountain. With the lava. Because you're simply the best. I just found an instant kill serum that lets me kill anyone. Tell me what I need. Tell me what I need to roll <laughs> to get this. You have to roll a I one. I need Jeremy to tell me what I need. You need to roll a zero. We're going to say that's per- pretty much all the equipment you guys find. I think we've milked that cow. I say we pull a Disney and we split this into two and we continue shopping for equipment next episode. <laughs> we need to spend 45 minutes discussing how hard it was for us to shop. I need a Manny Petty. It took uh, 40 minutes just you trying the uh, credit card over and over again. <laughs> this is the slowest tidal wave ever. Okay, so I'm going to uh, look back out the front door and look both ways, make sure it's to see if I see a vehicle. Because we kind of came busting in here quick. So while the rest of uh, the folks are inside uh, finishing up their stuff and stowing their equipment the best they can, Jack has already done so, and he pops his head out the door, looks to the south and doesn't see any vehicles, scans his way to the north, and notices a tidal wave looming, casting a shadow and encroaching fast. And it's just starting to crest. And there's Aquaman. And I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, Ay, Jack. Dios mio, it's just Do you realize that these people are still standing there? Mm-hmm. And you might as well say goodbye to them now. Goodbye! Everyone I ever care about dies. Oh, great. Here we go again, boys. I needed a 78. I rolled a 96. That's a Not fail. A All succeeded. right, Jack, how many sanity do you have right now? A 78. Current sanity is 78. You're going to take one point of sanity mm-hmm. as you realize that these people are doomed. I am so much less sane than you are. Well, don't look then when you come out. <laughs> I know the feeling. So uh, we're going to quickly switch back to the sanity cheat sheet. Don't cheat. It's bad. So... Jack, basically you're going to lose a little bit of self-control here. I pee myself. I'm going to let you determine what that means. Okay. It just needs to be some involuntary action. Okay. He shits his pants. I pull out my machete and chop Roy's head off. Yay! I just drop to my knees and uh, just single tears on both sides go down my cheeks, realizing that all those lives are gone. And Rocky and Roy and Declan, you see Jack loudly fall to his knees, his equipment clattering to the ground. He's in the doorway looking northward at something you can't see, but you can see a tear just rolling openly down his right cheek, and his mouth is agape. His eyes are wide. I pull my pants back up. Zip, stig. (laughs) Don't be crying, loser. Yeah, but you guys didn't hear what I said under my breath. It's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's he's evil now. I'm going to head outside to see what's got him all worked up. He's not that worked up. Rocky walks to the door and takes a look to the north where he's looking, just in time to see a monstrous tidal wave crash on the shoreline and decimating everybody who is standing there. Oh, my. <laughs> We're done. Have a swim, fellas. Rocky, why don't you go ahead and give me a intelligence roll, please? 
I needed a 60. I rolled a 35. That's a success. There's two things that you realize. Number one, this tidal wave probably won't reach you, but you know that tidal waves often bring repeats behind it. This may not be the big one. May only be the first one. Lovely. We only have 37 hours. <laughs> Jack Bauer. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to, to Jack and I'm going to kind of kneel down so I'm face to face with him, put my hands on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Declan is pissed. He's like, oh, I So never. is Flo. She just feels it. Sir, I thought we had something together, but I didn't think what they... This is why we can't have nice things on this podcast. I guess we're through. So I'm going to kneel down, hands on his shoulders. Look, I know it's a terrible thing what happened to those people down there, but they're gone. We can't bring them back. What we can do, however, is stop whatever the hell is coming out of this island from killing everyone else on this planet. All right, let's go. We got to move. I stand up, kiss him on the cheek. Now that I've composed myself, do I see a vehicle anywhere near that we can quickly use? No, if there was one, it may have been to the north, but... In the water. That is probably not the way to go. Get the submarine, Declan. He's saying we shouldn't go that way, which clearly means we should go that way. Let's double time it back. Let's go. Go, go, go. We gotta go to the east. Follow the path. Who's got the Sherpa? I got a wool sweater. Does that count? Yep. Everybody get on his back. All right. uh, Let's go. You gotta carry us, Declan. I can't go on. <laughs> but, like, you gotta carry us like Jeff Goldblum in the fly up the stairs. Yeah, exactly like that. So, I'm gonna start trekking towards uh, east, the lava fields. Okay. I'll be right behind him. Yeah, me too. I gotta take my time. My knees aren't so good anymore. So, you move either fast or uh, creakingly towards <laughs> I have the rapidly east. aged as these scenarios have come on. <laughs> He's got a walker. <laughs> and you arrive at the uh, Thatched House Museum, which is essentially the entry into the lava fields. Okay. Beyond the emerald farmlands of Edinburgh are fields of volcanic rock where lava once ran down from Queen Mary's Peak and hardened here as it was cooled by the ocean Good breezes. Thing I brought an umbrella. The landscape is treacherous, with porous outcroppings reaching upward like the hands of sundered supplicants to indifferent gods of flame and fire. But a few pathways have been cut through the stone. These wind through the blackened rock, leading inevitably, inexorably, to the dormant volcano towering high above, which might be reached in a day's hike. We can do this in eight hours, boys. Let's go. But Roy's knees... No, no, it do- free climbing doesn't hurt my knees, it's just walking. As long as he jogs backwards, his knees will be fine. It undoes all of the years. <laughs> Running backwards undoes the damage to his <laughs> knees. <laughs> like playing the record in reverse. You summon what you really want. <laughs> when I run backwards, the creaking says, Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with your knees? <laughs> And who's that guy dressed in red? Freddy is the devil. <laughs> you ready for this, boys? Oh, I don't think I'll ever be ready for this, but we might as well get on with it. All right, let's go. I take the lead, and I start trekking up. Star Trek? We're trekking to the stars, boys. At first, it's pretty easy to get along. The um, pathway that's been cut through the rock has been gone over numerous times. And it's not until you've gone maybe a quarter mile that the black rock climb above you. Mm -hmm. So no one has bothered to try to carve the pathways that much wider. So it's narrow in on you a little bit. So you have to be a lot more careful about where you step and what might catch your clothing because it's starting to become more and more like mountain climbing. 
Got it. Roll for step. It sounds like Jack is probably taking the lead. Followed by Rocky, followed by Roy. And I'm going to say Declan is probably keeping the rear just to uh, keep an eye on Rocky's rear. That's America's app. No spoilers. Technically, the spoiler ban lifted on Monday, and oh this won't be going God. out for a while. So. You're moving along the pathway, which is becoming a lot more constricted. But then it suddenly opens up into a little bit of a clearing, and it looks like there's some sort of makeshift camp. And you see a tent, a couple tables set up with a canopy over it. And looks like there might be some wires running from beneath one of the canopies and out of the tent to different spots along the pathway leading up, but also into the lava fields themselves. I'm going to put my hand up in the fist. I'm going to fist bump. I'll walk past him to the tent door and start banging on it and yell, Hey, broke back, get out here. Are you banging on the flap of the door? <laughs> I'll unzip the door. And his pants. <laughs> Zip. I think this is base camp. I'm going to grab a pair of binoculars from Declan and take a look down at the shoreline. I want to see if I can spot where the water level is at, because usually with a large wave, you'll see the negative end will pull the water out to sea before the big wave comes back up and in. So I want to see if, if I can tell if the other wave is on its way yet or what. I'm going to examine the wire that's running from the tent to the table. We're going to go ahead and start with Rocky. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I needed a 60. I rolled a 33. That is a successful spot hidden. All right. So, yeah, you bring the binoculars up and uh, scan the horizon. Uh, you are obviously a little bit above sea level now. You do indeed see what you expect, that the tide has sort of gone out a bit. There is even more of the beach revealed. There is no sign of any of the people that you can make out anyways, not with that roll. However, you do see two things. And for you, Rocky, it always seems to be two things for some reason. You do see a distant shadow on the horizon that stretches along the horizon that is vertically increasing. So your best guess would be yet another wave on its way. And you see what appear to be white, bloated things writhing on what has been revealed of more of the shoreline. So the tide has gone out to probably, your estimation would be maybe 50 yards from where it would ordinarily be. And whatever was left there is thrashing around on the shoreline. What on earth? Um, Jack, do you, do you mind coming here for a moment? So, Jack, you see a table you might buy at Costco, just a fold-out plastic table, very durable. And on it is a bunch of monitoring equipment. And you immediately recognize seismographs. All these wires are leading off into the field somewhere in lava fields and up the mountain. There is a marine battery powering a Chromebook. Yoink. And you hear uh, Rocky call you. And then Roy, you uh, go to the tent and you can see that the flap is open already and sort of flapping in the breeze slightly. That's an invite. Oh. So you peek in. Clearly this was a just a small tent that uh, someone was camping out in. And so inside you see sleeping bag, solar powered lantern, a little bit of food and water and some equipment and a backpack stuck in the corner. Check the backpack. So Rocky, you asked Jack to come over here and check something out. I look over to see where he's at exactly and walk over to him. 
take a look out by the the shoreline and tell me if you see anything down there. Good. You made a spot hidden, Jack. I needed a 77. I rolled an 87. All you see is devastated shoreline, but there's a bit of mist that comes off of the lava field, drifts across your vision, so you can't really see that well. Yeah, it, it looks pretty bad. It, it didn't come in as far as we thought it would, but it still destroyed the whole dock area. I was taking a, a glance down there, and I could have sworn there was some sort of thing on the bottom of the uh, ocean where the water's been pulled back. It was white and, and bloated, and it oddly looked like it might have been where your tentacle came from. I, I can't see it. There's, it's too, there's too much mist coming across there. It looks like it's getting foggy. Do you know if another wave's coming, or, or should we worry? Well, with the elevation we have, we should be safe. But yes, there is another wave coming. You can partially see it on the horizon, but the more telling sign is the fact that there's about 50 yards of exposed beach down there that should not be. Got it. Yeah. I, I Sorry, I didn't see what you did. Uh, I, can't, I can't get a good visual of that. Find anything interesting over at the, uh, the rest of the it, camp? It looks like uh, seismographic equipment, best I can tell. Well, I dare say we found uh, Ingrid Pitt's research station. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> let's uh, let's go check on Roy and keep moving. I don't, I don't want to waste any more time if we don't have to. Of course. All right, let's switch back to Roy. And so you enter the tent, and I'm going to need you to make a spot hidden, please. Enters the tent and randomly feels the need to scream, I knew that. Oh, boom. 70. Needed 70. Got a 58. I see the future. So, uh, yeah, you definitely see that this is probably Sister Ingrid Pitt's base camp. And just putting all those little things together that you've encountered previously. And you immediately spot that backpack and go straight towards it. Unzip it. And you see inside is her notebook. Awesome. And I read that. We have time. Of course. It is a an account of her, all her studies. She was sent here about a year ago by a university to monitor volcanic activity. And so she basically put sensors all around the area to monitor that and record the findings. Everything's been very boring and uneventful until last week, Tuesday. When she got murdered. <laughs> the entry reads... While setting up for the day, I met a strange man coming up the path from the direction of the shore. To my knowledge, no new boats had moored in several weeks, and I'm sure I would have noticed a newcomer by then. He had the most curious pale blonde hair. I'm 96% sure it was a Malfi 10 NGV. When I said hello, he startled as if he hadn't seen me. I asked if he had arrived recently, and he replied, Not sure. When are we? I couldn't help but laugh. Then embarrassed quickly explained this was Tristan Kahuna. No, I know that, he said. When are we? Without waiting for an answer, he inspected my computer, then muttered something under his breath. I could only make out a couple words. Father and ritual. Before I could ask if he was here to help old Reverend Summers, he headed up the mountain without another word. I'll ask the Reverend when I see him next. And that was the last entry. The next entry was... Ah... Uh... Rocky and uh, Jack. Hold on one second. I'm going to kind of go around back and I'm going to just grab a power bar out of his backpack and pop open a water bottle and just take the moment we're sitting still to kind of try and get a little bit of energy back before we keep heading up the mountain. Oh, quarter mile is just I, I was going to say, we haven't gone very far. I'm preparing for the journey ahead, damn it. <laughs> I look over and all of the bars are gone. I'm car bloated. I'm the old and out of shape one. Rocky takes 45 minutes to make some pasta. <laughs> 
I don't have to wait long. The water's going to come to me, and it's already pre-salted. So, all right, Rocky, let's get Roy. We got to we got to keep moving. So I'm going to walk up towards the tent and uh, bang on the side of it. Roy, let's keep going. I'm a bit busy. Put it away. We got to go. I'm taking a nap. A dirt nap. We'll see you tomorrow. What, is he rifling through her sock drawer for money again? It's called a panty raid, dude. Learn about it. Come in quietly, Jack. Huh? Don't alert Rocky to the situation. That guy from the Jersey Shore is here? What's going on, Roy? Get in the tent. I'll pull him into the tent. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that. Rocky's dumb, and he'll overanalyze the crap out of this info and make it not cool anymore. But I found Ingrid's notes and according to her some quantum creep came up the shoreline last week or something and he was like oh what time am i in uh father ritual wait a minute do you think that could be dan it could be dan it could be evil reverend bro if there's any chance that it could be dan we need to get up there as quickly as we can I vote we leave Rocky, because he's the slowest party member. I pull out my switchblade. I cut a slit in the back of the tent. Let's go. I'm standing at the back side of the tent, arms crossed, just watching. All right, good. You're here. Let's go. He sees us doing, like, the Austin Powers <laughs> shadows through the tent. It's like a baby's arm holding an apple. <laughs> All right, boys. You still want me to lead? Uh, nah, I got it. Oh, Christ. We're going to be four years to get up there. <laughs> One, two, take a break. <laughs> We've gone so far, we should rest here for the Who's night. Who's got a power bar? We went We went three quarters of a mile. It runs in the Arroyo family. Just because he doesn't <laughs> act like Arroyo in Arroyo doesn't mean he's genetically not one. I'm going to take the lead again. So you guys continue along. The black, porous rock of the lava fields becomes more treacherous as you ascend. Few have traveled this far up the mountain, so the pathways quickly turn to narrow crevices, in which footholds might easily turn into broken ankles if you're not careful. And of course, this is where your equipment and panty raid comes in handy. So you, you quickly realize that it was wise of you to stop and grab some of the equipment, because in certain places you need to use the rope to help each other up. Let's say it's getting to be near dusk. Oh, nice. We've been going a while. From dusk till dawn. From dawn to dusk. You're about halfway up the mountainside when the rank odor of rotting fish assails your senses. Rocky. Sorry. At the periphery of your vision are furtive, shadowy movements of someone or something closing in. What? It disappears behind outcroppings before you can get a beat on it, but the stench is getting stronger. I raise my fist up. I give him another fist bump. I keep walking. Guys, there's something up ahead of us. It's probably Dan. Let's go. You you take the lead, Roy. <laughs> I wanted to earlier. Declan looks on in wonder as Roy just passes by. Then in front of you leaps some sort of creature. And I'm going to go ahead and show you this. Ooh. Yay, again. I'm gonna <laughs> That's what die. you get for taking the lead. I didn't for the most time. He should <gasps> be the one who's being punished. Look what you're fighting, uh, yay. bro. Yay. <laughs> So let me just go ahead and roll my sanity Throws now. Throws a power bar at him. <laughs> so a bloated, frog-like creature standing on two feet, slightly larger than... Oh, let's say Declan's probably the biggest guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly larger than Declan, holding a sharp, black, rock, obsidian-tipped spear and lands directly in front of Roy. I'm going to need... Everybody to make a sanity. Not me, I did the fist halt. There is one person who doesn't need to make one, and that would be Jack. 
I needed a 59. I got a 49. That's a success, which means I'm going to fail every <laughs> roll in combat. I needed a 69. I rolled a 14. That's a hard success. Rocky and Roy are startled by the appearance of this creature, but things are, have already been weird. Dude. Is it just me or does that look slightly like Great Aunt Ingrid? <laughs> it's called personal space, dude. Learn some. Face to face and leave some space for Jesus. Jack is also startled by this thing, but... As he stands there frozen with his fist in the air, he feels as if he knows this thing. And the bloated frog-like thing's gaze locks on his eyes. And you see a bit of a smile crease its jagged maw. Love at first sight. Hear that, Discord? You were looking for a ship. Jack plus frog thing. True love. That's his son. He gave birth to that and we didn't even notice. That's my butt baby. Tune in next time for Chapter 8 Trist. All right, let's discuss some theories, thoughts. I think he's a monster. I think whatever the doctor did to me. The reverend? Yeah, the reverend. There's uh, some type of connection there. What do you mean? I woke up fully healed after getting shot twice in the chest. And I should be dead. No wounds. But I told him I would do anything if he could save me. That's true, you did. So I'm thinking... You made love to a frog. That he, he put some, I don't know, maybe some creature blood in me or some type of ritual or spell. I have no idea. If I'm not afraid of this and I feel a connection to it, then there's something there's something wrong with me. It's going to hand you a note that says, do you like me? I like you. Check Circle yes, yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be the uh, the reverend. It's the meme from the dreams that the reverend was with. Ooh, nice. Wow, fair point. Nice. He was with a weird frog creature thing. Yeah. Any theories about uh, Ingrid's journal? She wrote in it. I think it's half-inch margin paper. I personally prefer college rule. I think it's Dan. He dyed his hair blonde. I remember that. So I I think that's him. But he also is asking when is he rather than where. Well, it's because we're going to jump the shark and do a time-traveling journey. And we know that he traveled with uh, some creature. Some good stuff. Guys, it's time for some recommendos, so why don't we roll a D100? 83. 15. 78. Well, I uh, screwed up, so I rolled a 95, so I'll go first. And then it will be Gabe, Matt, and Brian last. Tonight, I will be recommending the game Drop Mix from Hasbro, developed by Harmonix of Rock Band fame. It is a strange but fun musical card game with three modes of play. Clash, wherein teams play against each other. Party, which is co-op. And freestyle, where you just kind of slap down some cards to change the songs. And each card in this system includes vocals, guitar, bass, keyboard, and or drums, could contain one or all of those, tracks from popular songs in one of several music genres. So when uh, Brian, Gabe, and I played it last Friday, it took a little time for us to figure things out. It took some time to actually pair the device with the board, and then it took a little bit more time to understand the nuances of how the cards interact. But I think once we figured out how everything kind of worked, then we were pretty comfortable with the 
rhythm of play. It's kind of a blast. I really had a fun time with it. And as I thought about more after we played, I'm like, yeah, this this could be a really cool party game. I think it's best with two or four players, particularly the uh, Clash game mode. I think Gabe played as a single player versus our two player. And then I switched over and did the same thing. It's a little bit more intense if you're one player against two players. So I think a nice even team seems to work a lot better with a Clash. There are expansion packs available on Amazon, available to increase the variability so you can buy like a particular hip-hop pack or a particular rock pack, you know, whatever it is. Even though that the core game is on sale for 50 bucks, the actual expansion packs are, I think, a little on the expensive side. And I understand why there's an NFC device uh, within each of the cards, which is really cool actually it works it works really well if you're a card game player anyways then maybe you have no problems with that sort of investment and if you're that rock band and you're and you like card games you're totally gonna love drop mix so next up we have game so i'm gonna recommend a web series that got put on netflix from this point forward it'll be produced by netflix the first season's awesome if the second season or further suck blame netflix it's called the kirlian frequency they're like 10 minute episodes and there's only eight of them so really you can sit down and watch it in like an hour and a half or so maybe even less but i watched it like one in the morning and that probably helped it's really eerie creepy it's this animated anthology story about this fake town in the middle of nowhere in argentina that people get sucked into either passing through and it's all these supernatural things going on basically once nightfall comes it's no holds bars the cops stop working and all the supernatural things come out and the way that it's formatted is it's like a dj and he's taking in calls from some of these people who have experienced what is coming or in some situations they're taking it as it's going on so he's like documenting what goes on the animation style is awesome it's super minimalist like silhouetted it's very cool you really you gotta see it it was in spanish when it was released but it was dubbed over in english but there's not really mouth movements so it's not like a bad dub they're just silhouetted and there is some stuff that you gotta end up reading it does so many things in such a short amount amount of time it's really good and they're making more and hopefully netflix won't ruin it so that's the kirli and frequency thank you very much for that and matthew you're up next i'm going down a little bit of a different path today i'm i don't have a game we're diverging slightly and heading back in time if you will because today i'm i'm gonna recommend that everyone pick up a book adam savage's book the guy behind Mythbusters and tested uh he released a book called every tool's a hammer basically what it is is it's it's like part autobiography of where he came from it's like a chronicle of how he became the 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 maker that he is and he talks about you know where he came from in life and how in a lot of stories and a lot of autobiographies people kind of paint their lives as a straight line from, you know, where they were to what made them famous. Adam takes the route of going through and explaining that that's not how life is and that it's often a series of, you know, one-way streets and dead ends that might not lead anywhere. But by following the things that you love and the things that you are obsessed with, you can really find some really neat stuff and kind of learn more about yourself. What was the name of it again? Uh, Every Tool's a Hammer. Life is What You Make It by Adam Savage. Brian, finish this off, buddy. Gross. Come on, why do I always have to do that? (laughs) I was fortunate enough to be able to see Batman 
the 30th anniversary release in theaters. Honestly, I don't remember the last time I actually saw it. I'm sure I saw it on VHS way back when, but I actually went to the theater and saw this as a kid when it came out. And it had so many memories flooding back in and just a permagrin the entire movie. I didn't realize or I couldn't appreciate at my age when I saw that how good Jack Nicholson got into this role. He stole that movie. So if you get a chance to see it again, you have to see it again. <laughs> the original Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. I still can't get over it. I, I'm, I chuckle to myself with some of the, the, the eye movements and, and the mannerisms that he has in that. He really got into that role and let himself go. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, Batman with Michael Keaton and uh, and Jack Nicholson. Fantastic movie. That's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendations and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, and if anybody wants to uh, to start up the Lovecraft Tapes book club, uh, you can you can hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody wants to discuss Birdman or other great cinematic prosthetic noses, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. You can find me at Brian Podcasts on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Brian Lovecraft. Until next time, roll for where does he get all those wonderful toys? The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Brian, you should still have your spiky spikes going, maybe? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yes, it's still going. Okay, so Audacity going. You guys ready for a clap? No. Yeah. I said no. Yeah, well, you, Gabe. Matt, no one likes you. Well, no one likes you more. Making me the victor. Wait, wait, wait for it, No one likes you less. I was going to say no one likes you 3,000. Wow. <laughs> Sad spoilers. Punk spoilers. We've all seen it, bro. Spoiler, Han Solo dies. Oh man. <laughs> Darth Vader was his father, right? And they're all sisters and brothers, so love me some taco fish. Me too. Whoa, reverse <laughs> burps are awesome. Talk, talk about taco fish. Reverb. <laughs> What's the deal with airline food? What do they do? You eat it? What? I don't get it. Okay, sorry, Rocky. Go ahead. The class ready to continue? I'm sorry that I'm the most mature person here. (laughs) Roy, did you just say I am Iron Man? (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) I'm Irony Man. He just irons clothes all day. That was such a great 
uh, ad campaign, mm-hmm. it was so unexpected that Iron Man would use the song Iron Man in their commercials. Nobody would have ever guessed it. <laughs> I personally would have gone with My Heart Will Go On, but <laughs> he's obviously behind this. At this point, I think it's pretty safe to say. But the way that he phrased the, the who, who is behind the thing, it? Who's he? Father, brother. Uncle, uncle. Who's that? Father, brother, uncle, sister. Who's that? You, um, you know we don't know names, the, and the you're pastor, just doing this to us. The priest, the father, brother, or reverend. Do you mean the reverend? The reverend. Is it the reverend, or is it, I can never keep those two straight. Like, aren't they just the That's same true. Thing? That's why a wiki exists. Yeah. Personally, I give it out of one out of ten. It doesn't have enough bat nipple. Yeah, there is no bat nipple. Oh, there is no bat nipple. my. And that's where they went wrong. <laughs> Clearly, Batman needs nipples on his suit. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. obvious. See? He you gets just don't it. need him on the back. I don't get that part. I'm really sad we're not rolling for bat nipple. I'm just saying. 